You are now listening to Chakras and Shotguns. Welcome back to Chakras and Shotguns. This is episode 25. I'm Mick. And I'm Jen. Welcome back. So how are you doing today? I'm blessed. Um, <laughs> by the time this episode comes out, Thanksgiving will have passed. And hopefully that went smoothly with no turkey legs on the floor. Do you remember when I dropped that turkey leg on the floor? I do. <laughs> We were hosting Christmas a few years ago. Oh, dinner was almost ready. And I take the turkey out and it's just gorgeous. A work of art. And this turkey leg just goes oopsie daisy off the pan. And Mick knew that like if our immediate family wasn't around, that there was going to be a string of expletives that were going to come out of my mouth. And he like just exited the room. <laughs> it's like, I'm just going to make way um but last week's episode and it being the thanksgiving season that we just wrapped up it actually i'm mad i didn't think about it for the episode but i had a on theme story story time about spiritual discernment and turkey and it was not about my turkey wing or leg that fell on the floor So when I was in second grade, I was in children's church at my missionary Baptist church, and we were given the task of creating our own Thanksgiving greeting cards. Now, I had already done this last week at school. So I had already done the hand turkey thing. I wanted to shake things up a bit, you know, and I decided to go with less hallmark and more funny. And at the tender age of eight, how old are you in second grade? I believe you're seven. Six, seven, seven. Yeah, I was seven. I drew on the cover of my greeting card a turkey, and he was in jail stripes, and he was behind bars. And I wrote on there a real jailbird i thought this was hilarious okay and so then i wrote on the cover after execution dot 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 and when you open the card it was a family saying grace over this turkey (laughs) and then it said happy thanksgiving i thought that was hilarious And arguably, it was. And arguably, for a seven-year-old, to also have spelled execution correctly, because I was an avid reader and an avid speller back then, even then, um, clap, clap, bravo, okay? Get this baby a writer's deal with, what was on at the time? Seinfeld. She's hilarious. (laughs) She needs to be in the writer's room for SNL, okay? But nobody wanted to acknowledge my talent. Instead, this hater 
this hating deaconess marched me in front of my mother and told her that I was inappropriate and that I needed to be handled. But I don't understand. I'm like, turkeys die so that we can eat on Thanksgiving. So does she have a problem with, like, you calling that out? Like, I think it's a stoop for a seven-year-old to be like, it's these turkeys out here and they be getting locked up and (laughs) it's, it's all she wrote. Okay, like, Let's not also forget the fact that every year the president of the United States pardons a turkey and that turkey gets to live, which is really a dark tradition. It is. I mean, it plays on the whole execution pardoning thing, right? So, exactly. And the school to prison pipeline. No. Does it play on that? I mean, kind of. Farm to prison. Or the, uh, what are they called? The industrial prison complex. Is that right? Sure. Okay. We be locking people up out here, okay? In America, clink, clink. We have most people locked up per capita. That ain't got nothing to do with Thanksgiving. It Well, Thanksgiving is supposed to be wholesome and about gratitude. And the president thinks it is he, he, har, har, to be like, oh, I'm going to pardon this turkey and save its life. Okay. You know what I'm saying? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. But anyways, what my mother told me in that moment was the woman could have been on her, like, self-righteous, like, Christian thing like she thinks it's inappropriate for a seven-year-old to be talking about the death penalty okay but what we also know is is that she was a hater okay she was a hating gossipy woman and my mother told me in that moment everybody ain't for you and you got to learn how to weed them out in the missionary baptist church and if that's not spiritual discernment and a message for you post-Thanksgiving. I don't know what it is. So, one question. Hmm. Was this before or after the church split into the greater and the regular? Why did you do that? You know, I think it was before. I'm fairly certain it was before the split. And I think her, she went over to the greater, I see where you're going. And I think she went to the greater side. Okay. So that was the hater side. That's what the hater side was. Okay. Okay. Hater and greater do rhyme. Okay. So, <laughs> moving on from <laughs> haters in the pews, <laughs> I do want to talk a little love and light. Many men. I want to shout out one of our faves, someone that we had on the show two episodes ago. Yes. That is Kira Buckley. Yes. Jen and I had the pleasure of attending the Hey Healer retreat in Sedona, Arizona. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Some of you guys probably have seen the posts that we put on Instagram, a few moments that we had in the retreat. So we just wanted to take a couple moments and love on Kira and tell the the listeners just how much fun we had out there during that retreat. Yes. So we had some time before the retreat actually started when we flew into Flagstaff. And Mick was like, would you like to drive two hours out of the way and go to the Grand Canyon? And I said, no, I'd rather stay at home longer and then leave because of the babies. We were leaving the babies with the grandparents and it just would have made the transition a little smoother. What else did you say about the Grand Canyon? I also said, who cares about seeing a big asshole? That's what I said. Okay. And I admit it. Now, 
I didn't really mean this play on words, but when we got there, I said, I feel like an asshole, a big asshole. (laughs) (laughs) Because it was gorgeous. And I get it now. I get it now. So what would you recommend to the folks who may be thinking about visiting the Grand Canyon? If you happen to already be free. (laughs) And you would like to, and it's a nice day, and you have an extra 45 minutes to kill. Go see it. It doesn't take long. It's there for a good time, not a long time. It's massive, first of all. Yeah. So I don't understand how people spend, like, hours and hours on end at the Grand Canyon. But maybe that's because we didn't take a tour. We were there Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's massive. That's why. Like, you you can walk along the edge as long as you want at that park that we were at. You can also... Take a helicopter tour on the inside. You could camp down at the bottom. All kind of stuff you can do at the Grand Canyon. Mm. So mm-hmm. I enjoyed going to the Grand Canyon with you. I had been before when I was younger. It was nice to go as an adult and to take my wife for her first time. Yes. Um, one other thing about the Grand Canyon, and I'm choosing my words carefully here because of love and light. There was a person in a, how would I describe this? Dingy? It was less so that it was dingy. He looked like Elmo and Cookie Monster, but not. The costume was Elmo-esque, but Cookie Monster blue, but not the right shade. So I don't know. And we know because we're experts on Sesame Street having a three-year-old and a nine-month-old. Yes. And so he's not talking to anybody, but he sees us and... um. How do I say this? We were um, only a few pepper flakes in a sea of milk. That's what I'll say about that. And he. <laughs> the one chocolate chip on the cookie. <laughs> he sees us and he says. Um, he asked us if we wanted a picture with him. And I was like, baby, no. no. <laughs> in the words of our daughter, you scare me. Um, and. Then he said, don't go to the cafe and the bookstore because they're very racist. And I don't know why he wanted to tell us. And maybe he was looking out. But I felt a little some kind of way because everybody else got to go to the cafe and the bookstore. But we didn't (laughs) because they're racist in there. And apparently he said they did a lot of harm to him. So I hope I hope he's doing well. But yes, yes, that was our experience at the Grand Canyon. Moving on, the drive into Sedona was gorgeous gorgeous the views were just oh my goodness it was just it was it was i i was completely taken aback i didn't i knew it was a pretty place but i don't think i like really really grasped how beautiful it was Mm -hmm. um the retreat was just a really great time there were people that we knew that were there um, there were new people that we met and it was just a really really interesting experience of like opening up um spiritually and and sharing and hikes and amazing food and oh my gosh I got a four hour nap which I never get um so there was also like a little bit of like you know rest and relaxation for me that I personally enjoy Mick yeah so as Jim mentioned I think that the the setting that the house was in was just beautiful there were mountains all around us in different formations. There was um, the Sugarloaf Mountain. There was um, 
what's it called the bell bell rock bell rock um and so these they're, they're, they're these beautiful formations of mountains that have trails going through them and we got to experience those trails um and and just walk around and really just take in the nature the wildlife um of the area <laughs> um Sedona has some kind of interesting policies where they in certain areas you're not allowed to have outdoor lights on after a certain time and they want things to be quiet um which really gives you the opportunity to to spend time looking up at the night sky mm-hmm. um I've never seen so many stars before and able to like clearly see constellations and planets um and it was just just a beautiful beautiful place um the energy there is really strong mm-hmm. you know there's there's a vortex um several vortex vort, vortices vortexes yes vortices vortices well then um there's several vortices in the area um and again we got to experience that we got we brought our crystals out there mm-hmm. we're able to charge them in the soil out there um so that was super cool um also i think i got pushed in in out of my comfort zone which i thought was you know, just a really, it was, it was work. It wasn't mm-hmm. comfortable, um, but I'm better for it. Um, Kira likes to, to do things where she will have kind of someone put on the spot to lead a session. And I got chosen to mm-hmm. lead a session. Mm-hmm. And my wife is smiling at me because she knows I don't really like to be put on the spot. I'm a, I'm Enneagram six, as I've said before, I like to be prepared like to kind of know what I'm going to do and say ahead of time. So being asked right there in the moment, like, hey, in like 15 minutes, I want you to lead a session. And I'm like, about what? Oh, okay. And so <laughs> I led one. It went really well. And yeah, I think people really got a lot out of it. So I was kind of proud of myself to being able to step out of my comfort zone and be able to do that. You did great. Um, also. I mentioned before in our Reiki episode that I have been attuned to the master level of Reiki. Yes. But it's not something that I have readily practiced. Part of it's COVID and just kind of being around my family and primarily in the, in, in the house with them and really focusing on performing Reiki on them. But also part of it is just, you know, I think I'm used to kind of academic and professional pursuits and have a lot of confidence in those arenas. But in this space of healing, it's not something that I've been doing for, doing for a very long time or have a lot of training in, I'd say. And so it's kind of like a little bit of imposter syndrome. Like, do I mm-hmm. really know what I'm doing in this space? And so during the retreat, I actually performed Reiki on a couple folks and got really great feedback. People were feeling really great and their pain was subsiding and it just kind of was really affirming that you know, I can do this mm-hmm. so that was great also I was super proud of Mick to see him leaning into that because and you know what to, just to be like completely open and transparent is that we're starting the spiritual journey and our I'm gonna say early for me early to mid-30s so like they're in, we talk about conditioning all the time and there's a lot of limiting beliefs. And so like we, we see Reiki working on our kids or, and you know, and we'll read testimonials, but there's still like, sometimes you have to overcome that little nugget of, is this really working? Like, even if I had like, I had a migraine the other day 
probably because I was eating a snickerdoodle, but that's my business. And <laughs> Mick was like, I'll give you Reiki. And so he was like, so how do you feel? Like, did it go away? Like, you know, what was your pain before? And what is it now? And it's like, you know, I, I can see his confidence growing in Reiki and it was really beautiful to watch. Um, I'm like, what else was there? Um, I also enjoyed, there was a workshop that um, McKenna, who we talked about attending one of her retreats um, before on the show. She was there and uh, she does myofascial work. Mm-hmm. And so she led a root chakra um, workshop to help us all kind of work out the kind of energy and, and to really balance our our root chakras. And that was like super engaging for me. Yeah, that was really cool. That's like another therapy modality that I don't think a lot of people know about, mm-hmm. but it's really, really interesting. It's um the fibers that like connect our tissues and um she likened it to like those that that kind of like white. Yeah, the stringy tissue that like holds the like if you were washing a chicken, like the chicken skin that holds it to the meat, mm-hmm. like all of that kind of those fibers. And that's what we have under our skin. And it holds things. It holds trauma. It holds emotions. It holds injury. Mm-hmm. And like working that out is kind of this form of healing. Yeah. Mind, yeah. body, spirit mm-hmm. healing. So. So, yeah, great, great trip. Great retreat. Amazing experience. Um. So, yeah. Yeah. Check out uh, HeyHealerWithTwoEyes.com if you're interested in information on any future retreats. All right. You want to get us into some breath work? Yes. Let's do that. All right. So today we're having a a prepping topic. And, you know, I think as an Enneagram 6, our kind of key thing that we have to heal from is our sense of fear. And so I know with a lot of these prepping topics, it can be kind of fear-inducing because you're thinking about worst-case scenarios. And so for this breath work, I wanted to really just spend some time doing a little bit of grounding. And so I'll ask everyone to sit in a nice, comfortable position. We're going to keep our eyes open And I'm going to count down backwards from 10. And with each number, I want you to release any worries that you have. And just allow any other thoughts that you may have. Let them grow silent. So let's begin. 10. 9. 8. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. And let's melt into stillness. Slowly. Look at yourself. Look at your body. Really take it in. Let's get grounded where we are. Start with your toes. Take them in. Take in your feet. Examine your ankles. 
work your way up your legs. Really acknowledge each part of your body as you work your way up. Admire the beauty of your body. And slowly work your way up, tracing your entire body. Resist the urge to rush over certain parts. Just continue to take your body in. Move up. Spend some time in your sacral. Work the way up your torso. Fill your body with each breath. Spend time in your chest, your arms. Pay attention to each muscle. Scan your fingers. Take them in. Finally, come up to your face. Let's explore each nook and cavity. Feel the energy of your mouth, your nose, your eyes. And just appreciate again the beauty of your body. Let's end with a few grounding breaths. Let's do three. Inhale. Hold. And exhale. Inhale. Hold. And exhale. Inhale. Hold. And exhale. Thanks, Meg. That was amazing. Let's jump into our main topic now. Today, we want to discuss a prepper topic that a lot of people have probably heard about, but don't quite know what that is. We mentioned it in our trailer, uh, and that is the bug out bag. Mm-hmm. So when Mick started his prepper journey and he was like, yeah, I got to put together a bug out bag. And I was like, what are you talking a bug out bag, a bug out bag. And I was like, honestly, you sound like you're freaking the fuck out right now. You're bugging out. Are you okay? Are you nuts? 
Did I marry somebody who's Looney Tune? Like, we're 18 months into this marriage. Like, what is going on? However, I mean, like, honestly, and we talk about The Walking Dead all the time, but you do take a moment and try not to be fearful about it and say, like, if shit hits the fan, what can I grab? What can I grab? What can I take? And yeah, get out. Absolutely. So I, I wanted to kind of start by talking about what the concept of bugging out is, right? The bugging out term, it originated in the military. And it basically means like leaving where you are to go someplace, presumably more safe. Yeah. So shit hits the fan and you need a dip up out. Is it dip up out of here? Mm-hmm. Who's that? Lloyd. Mm-hmm. Is she 5'2 or 5'2? Ooh, you just my type. Ooh, that's my song. <laughs> Sorry. You need to... Um, dip out of town. That's what bugging out is. So alternatively, you may hear the term bugging in. And that basically means hunkering down where you are. So what we've been doing since March 2020. Pretty much. I mean, I'm being facetious, but you know what I mean. Like Exactly. So basically, like, you could, I think they talk about this a lot of times when, like, hurricanes are on the way, right? Mm-hmm. It's a good time of, like, thinking about evacuating, bugging out. Or hunkering down, like boarding mm-hmm. up the house and bugging in. And so in any kind of SHTF scenario, you pretty much have the same options. Unless it's like a wildfire that's like in your immediate area right. and you got to get out of the immediate area, right? right. You kind of have the same options. And so you're making the calculation, is the stuff I have and the preps I've made at home safer or do I need to go to another location? Mm-hmm. I think in the realm of possibility, we're talking about natural disasters, right? But then, of course, there could be like, I don't know, international war, alien war, um, pandemic. Some sort of like a terrorist attack in the immediate area. Right. Nuclear war. A lot of war. Um, but something like that. And so it can be a very hard decision. Like even natural disasters, right? Like with hurricanes, we've known plenty of people being in Texas, plenty of people leave when a hurricane hits. Katrina, mm-hmm. Rita, you know, all those heifers. We know plenty of people who will will dip. Mint grew up hungry, like bugging in. Like that was what his family did. They didn't do a lot of evacuating because you also have to decide, like, are the roads safe? Is everybody named Mama going to be on the roads? And then I'm going to be stuck. Mm-hmm without really any resources or with small children or and, 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 yeah. and. Is it better that I have a generator, I have food, and I board it up and I just, like, try and wait it out? So it can be very tricky. Um, with the winter storm, it was icy AF. So, like, and I think that's something that I personally really struggled with because my family's in town was that I couldn't get my family to me. I was like, it would take eight hours for you to, like, drive 20 miles an hour to get to my house that's like 20 20 miles away yeah so i think that was like a real struggle and so like a lot of us were bugging in and trying to just like figure it out with the resources that we had um also like a lot of times when people are like yeah i'm just gonna bug out okay so baby where you gonna go yeah that that's that's the key right there. Do you have a safe bug out location? And some people do. Some people have a whole bunker set up. With, they do. And they're like ready to go in the in the rural areas of, of whatever state they're in. And they're like, we hit the road. 
that's where we're going to bug out at. But a lot of y'all are out here looking like a 10-year-old throwing a temper tantrum with a stick and that little red and white handkerchief tied to it with <laughs> some random belongings and don't have nowhere to go. <laughs> and you will be back home because you're hungry. Mm-hmm. So, figure, you know. Figure out what's best for you. Yeah. So I think I think what we're saying and kind of as we think about these bug out bags are, you know, if you had to leave home, this is the bag that you should take with you, right? It's unsafe mm-hmm. where you are. You got to leave. You need to be able to grab something. What's in that bag, right? Mm-hmm. And to run down like bug out locations besides a bunker, um, people were in the Superdome during Katrina, right? Like a bug out bag would have been handy to just like have. And we'll get into like what that looks like. Mm-hmm. But just just to have something, some of your belongings with you. Um, in the winter storm, people's heat was going out, et cetera. They were going to hotels, which quick, which quickly maxed out. And also it wasn't like you could just like get food delivered. Like you know, there was no pizza delivery. Like mm-hmm. we, everything was shut down. So, you know, having some resources on you, even though you were in a hotel was smart to do as well. So, or you could end up camping in your car too. Exactly. So you're trying to get moving, Right. What do you put in your bug out bag? Well, first of all, you know, I'm a I'm a petite lady. And what is crucial for me is that my bag don't have too much stuff in it, okay? <laughs> because I think this is going to be a sinking episode. In the words of the great Erica Badu, who's also from Dallas, as I am. If you have too much stuff in your bug out bag, you can't hurry up because you got too much stuff. Okay? You don't want to be bogged down on the side of the road, hunched over, back hurting. Mm-hmm. Because you had to put your PlayStation 4 in there. That's like the heaviest, bulkiest thing I could think of on the fly. You just wanted to take a shot at my PS4. That wasn't a shot at you. <laughs> So let's talk about bug out bags <laughs> and what should be in the bag. We got to have a little bit of discernment. We had a whole episode about hey. discernment. Got to have a little discernment when it comes to what goes in there. Um, I actually think that everyone's bug, bug out bag is going to be a little bit different. But there are some kind of buckets that you should think about and make sure that you have, you know, some coverage in those those areas as you build out your bug out bag. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's start with the bag itself. Yes. So you want it to be something you can comfortably carry and it has enough space for your key items. We recommend a backpack, but use what you have. I mean, don't. I wouldn't use like a Louis Vuitton Neverfull. I don't think that would be very prudent. Um, Or like a tote bag or like a full suitcase, like a backpack, you know, is streamlined. It's hands free. Mm-hmm. So that's why we would recommend a backpack. Um, hopefully, whatever you use has some padding on the straps so that you can carry it comfortably for long distances if needed. So, again, nothing like too fashiony. This is not the time to be making a statement. Okay. Yeah. I was just going to say you should definitely avoid like bright colors. Definitely having the LV monogram on your bag <laughs> is going to. Draw a lot of attention to you, and that's not what you want to do. Um, when you're moving to safety, you you basically just don't want to make yourself a target. You want to, you know, blend into the surroundings and, and and move real discreetly. 
um, to where you're trying to get to. So now you have your bag. Let's talk about the categories of stuff that you want to have. These categories are based on what we all need for survival. So first, we'll start with air. Yeah. So, you know, you, you got to be able to breathe when you're moving around. There is a possibility of, you know, ash in the air from like a large fire. We've seen with COVID, an airborne virus, mm-hmm. you know, virus particles. And so, you know, you want to make sure you have some sort of air filtration um, with you. And, you know, pre-COVID, I went out and had some N95 masks that we put in our bug out bags. Um, my Amazon wish list, it has some more serious air filtration masks, you know, like the full on gas masks, which those can be kind of pricey. So I'm still kind of waiting for those prices to drop on those. Mm-hmm. Um, but th- th- those would definitely be a great option, you know, if it was some sort of a uh, larger scale air contaminant situation. Um so I don't know. I think when it comes to making some of these really expensive purchases, you have to weigh the probability of that scenario kind of happening versus the price, right? Mm-hmm. So in ninety in ninety five masks are pretty inexpensive. High likelihood that we were going to have some sort of viral pandemic back when I bought them. That mm-hmm. was that was something that was widely talked about in you know the government prepper communities people always talked about you know obama had his whole task force looking at Mm. pandemics so that was something that was on the mind of a lot of people so i went out and bought a bought a box before we even uh went through this whole covid thing yeah i um so like when i think about full-on gas masks right it's like yeah that'd be a nice to have right like you don't know what's going to be going going through the air and like to your point you Hope and pray that you never have to pull that sucker out, right? Like that you can almost even forget, you shouldn't forget, but that you could forget that you have gas masks. It's like, oh, snap, I got gas masks because I never <laughs> had to use these. <laughs> That's a wild thing to, oh, snap. <laughs> but I, I mean, like, I will say that, you know, when COVID hit, it was, I mean, there were definitely things that we were not prepared for. Yeah. Um. I mean, kind of. I think we we just got nimble. We got nimble. But like the fact that I was like, man, they're telling us we have to wear masks. He was like, I already got some N95 masks. I was like, you do? <laughs> and I was like, that's why I keep you around, boo, because you be thinking. <laughs> um. So, yeah, that was, a, that was a pleasant surprise. He was like, I got N95 masks. I got gloves. What you need? I got hand sand. I got alcohol. What you need? I was like, I need wine. And <laughs> I'm going to go to the store with my N95 and get you something. It's cool. (laughs) Moving on to water. Episode number three of our podcast went into quite a bit of detail about water preparation. And we specifically talked about items that you should have on the go. A couple of these would be a great idea for your bug out bag. The Life Straw is one that we specifically mentioned that can be used to filter water on the go. Like, I think you can use it in like creeks and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, you can you can use it like in the bayou, as we said. Ain't... <laughs> oh my god! Now I'll be like, oh, I don't know if I if you thirsty enough, you can. You're not thirsty enough yet. You're not thirsty enough to use that life straw yet. I mean, hopefully, we have other options before I have to pull my my life straw out. Like it's like kind of like the last resort for me. Like I want to have a bottle of water full. You know what I'm saying? I want to have like a little filtration situ- situation mm-hmm. ready to go. 
I, I think for me, living in an urban area, I don't want to drink nothing out of nobody's <laughs> standing water around him. If I was in a rural area and I was like, oh, my gosh, look at this beautiful scenic pond with these mallard ducks. Oh, look at the little fish. Yeah, I'd life straw the hell out of that. Mm-hmm. But like, if you are familiar with Dallas, the Trinity River. Nah, bruh. You can smell that thing driving down the freeway yeah. with your windows up. You think I want a life straw that? I don't want a life straw that. I'm good. So, yeah, hopefully that's your last resort. This is my last resort. You see, there's another song. See? I don't know that one. <gasps> Who sing that? I don't know. You know, I never know. Is that like a rock song? Like, is it? Yeah. Okay. We'll look at it. We had different backgrounds. What else? Hydration bladders. Um, those are in each of our bug out bags. They're basically plastic pouches that fit into the backpack. They typically come in one, two, and three liter sizes. Um, Camelback does something like this. Yeah. Um, and I love Camelback. I mean, I had like the water bottles, but it. I actually was peeping them in Sedona because multiple people at the retreat had hydration bladders. Which, mm-hmm. Gross. We couldn't think of nothing else. I didn't name them. We couldn't call them a bubble, a pouch. You know I'm in marketing and I care about names. A I would, sachet. I wouldn't have called it that. A sack. Whatever. Anyways, they typically come in one, two, and three liter sizes. I would need probably two or three three liters. I think when I think about um, a SHTF situation, I think water consumption is really um, troublesome for me because I drink a lot of water. A lot of you people ain't hydrating. Y'all just going to be out here like, I'm living my life. <laughs> All right. I'm going to be looking like a mummy. So you also want to have a good steel or titanium water bottle. And the reason why you should go for a steel or titanium is that you could potentially fill the water bottle with, you know, some shaky water if you weren't quite sure where it came from. Mm. And you can actually boil the water while it's in the bottle. So that can help with help purifying. Nice. And boiling water brings up another bucket, which is warmth. Um, so you should have several items that you can use to start a fire, such as... So starting first with a lighter, you can get a basic Bic. Lit like Bic. How does that song go? Lit, lit, lit. Yes! Lit like Bic. Come on, Bic, get on the mic! You know I know Ray Schrummer. Lit like Mick. <laughs> Are you gonna let me talk about these lighters? I'm sorry. So you can get a basic bic, just what you get at the at the you know the corner store, um, and and utilize that. Uh, but you can also go for something like a Zippo. Um, I actually invested in a Zippo. It takes a little bit of time to set up. You have to like you know put the lighter fluid in there and make sure your wick is kind of properly positioned. Um, but once you get it going, it's a great lighter, super reliable. It can you know be lit in wind. And talk about mm. how, how Zippos are always reliable. So um, I think it's worth it. Outside of a lighter, you could also consider waterproof matches, a fire starter, which could have flint, magnesium, or ferrocerium. I'm not sure how to pronounce that. You know, you're the spelling bee champ, so I, that's why I wrote that down for you. I to didn't say. say I could say it out loud, but I could spell it. <laughs> Solar smart lighters, which are basically magnifying glasses that you can use the sun to start fires with. The sun, you know, we just really do not utilize as 
a planet, the power of the sun. Did you ever have any kids like in, in elementary school who used to like take their glasses and like try to start fires with them? No, because I didn't go to school with sociopaths, man. Okay. Sounds like you did. Well, leave my little uh, oh, elementary school alone. Lord, little flies. Okay. <laughs> Lock them up. <laughs> what? So I would recommend, guys, that you get a couple of those items from that list. We talked before about how I'm prepping. We talk about how uh, two is one and one is none. Mm-hmm. Basically wanting to have redundancies of critical equipment. And so I think being able to start a fire, particularly if you are bugging out and you have to camp outside, you want to have something that can get you a fire going. So have, you know, lighter and some waterproof matches, you know, look into maybe the the solar spark lighter as well. Um, I would just make sure you have multiple in that category. Mm. So let's talk shelter. Tent, a waterproof survival tent. There are quite a few options if you... Just Google waterproof survival tents. They range from as low as $10 up to around $40. Um, So, yeah, that's something if, like, if the natural disaster isn't ongoing and you need shelter, you know, that's always a good thing to have. Emergency blankets. These are great. And we have a few in our bug out bags plus our cars. They're also called mylar blankets or space blankets. They retain heat very well and are super lightweight. Quick aside, I never knew what these were. I always wondered why they would give these people, like you would see these scenes and I was like, why are they covering these people up in Reynolds Wrap? It's so unfortunate. Or like you'd see people in ambulances and they would give them, I was like, why? Make it make sense. But apparently, you know, it's retaining the heat. That's beautiful. Technology is a hell of a thing. I thought you were the wife of a prepper this whole time. And you you just. I'm catching vibes, okay? (laughs) Vibes. And let's talk about the real skill sets that I bring to the table, okay? We both know packing is not my strong suit. That is fair. However, who do you want cooking for you in a pinch, in a life or death situation? Moi. You're going to be asking where the salt at and where the seasonings are. And I'm going to have to carry all that. Oh, write this down. Write this down. I'm going to get one of those travel spices. Okay. They they come in like a tube. They're very lightweight. It's for camping. Only you would know about this. And, yeah, only I would know about that. <laughs> Um, I'm about to be like that TikTok. Have you seen that TikTok where that guy's like making fresh pasta, like just out in the middle of nowhere? Mm, yes, it, it actually looks great. That's going to be me. Okay. You're welcome. But you need people with like different skill sets, you know? Diversity. Diversity of thought, as they say. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> and last but not least, a sleeping bag. There are tons of options for bug out bags, sleeping bags, and we don't have time to go through them all. And so we shan't. But to highlight a couple, there are Mylar sleeping bags. Again, Reynolds wrap sleeping bags. You roll yourself up like, oh my gosh, Meg. You could roll it up like, you know, like that little, um, that little pouch I make with the shrimp and the quinoa. And, you know, <laughs> I put a little zucchini in there. A little shallot, a little fresh dill. Mm. Delicious. Anywho. 
The Mylar sleeping bags are similarly lightweight as the emergency blankets, and there are some larger options. One of the more popular options on prepping blogs is about 27 bucks on Amazon, and it's made by Oaskys, O-A-S-K-Y-S. We will link it in the show notes because I'm sure that I did not say that correctly. Yeah, I saw that brand. I was like, this is a terrible brand name. And I I don't know if they're listening or not, but y'all need to change that name because don't nobody know how to pronounce that. Or, or they could keep the name. Pay us. Tell us how much how to pronounce it, and we will advertise them on the show. Okay. Abundance. <laughs> so there's even an article that I read on this website. It's called geekprepper.com, and it shows how you can take a poncho and turn that into a quick bug-out shelter. So if you don't have a lot of room in your bag, you want to throw a little poncho in there, you know, it doubles as like, you know, raincoat, and then you can turn it into a shelter as well. Let me tell you something. Quick side note. Um, We're going to get banned from doing night episodes. All these side notes you got. <laughs> the side notes make it fun, man. Come on. The only ponchos I like are slightly off the shoulder, maybe with a little fringe, a cute print, you know, maybe open like a cape. Rain ponchos suck. I have never been in a rain poncho in a wet situation. And I was like, you know what? This makes it not that bad. It makes it worse. (laughs) Somehow I'm wet and cold on the outside and hot and sweaty on the inside. Where they do that at? They're the worst. And maybe I'm just buying the cheap ponchos because we would buy ponchos when we travel and they were just like to throw away. They were like $2. Yeah. Mick, they cook me on the inside, (laughs) but I'm cold on the outside. What am I supposed to do? I got nothing for you. Am I just supposed to stir it up like I got it out of the microwave and it's like, it's got a hot spot or something? Get an umbrella. What if I'm in a deluge? (laughs) I don't know what to tell you. Well, yeah. Let's jump into food. So for food, I would recommend the SOS food ration bars. We actually talked about those in our food episode. And we did a YouTube video where Jen tasted them live and showed you how they tasted. And you know what I said when I tasted those? S-O-S, please somebody help me. Because <laughs> they were disgusting. They weren't disgusting. You said they were okay. Oh, did I? Yes. Okay. That I'm was sorry. like a little like wafer kind of thing. Do you not remember? Was it cinnamony? Yeah. Like you kind of chopped it up and it's like a little... It's like a like a brick and you like cut a little Yeah, if you're looking for it to taste like a kind bar, it's very unkind. It's mean. But if you were just looking for something to sustain you temporarily, yes, it could work in a pinch. I would only eat a pinch. But Okay. Well <laughs> the the benefits of the SOS food ration bars, um, they don't go bad for a long, long time. And you don't have to worry about refreshing. You don't have to look at the expiration dates. You know, if you want to put a kind bar in there, I'm sure, you know, it's going to go bad in, you know, six months to a year. And so you got to make sure you're re replenishing, refreshing your kind bar that you have in your car. This, you don't have to worry about. It's like five, 10 year shelf life. You could also consider having some granola or nuts. Um, yeah. You know, basically, you just want to have something that you can eat while you're bugging out. Mm -hmm. For lighting, flashlight, 
Flashlight. No. Actually, Mick probably wouldn't want me to sing that one for reasons we won't get into. But flashlight. Uh, a good flashlight can't be beat. A headlamp. If you really are trying to get into this, you put the headlamp on. Um, that's like the extra step, though. So these are helpful so you can keep your hands free if you're moving around in the dark. Yes, indeed. Um, Moving on to medical. So you want to have a basic first aid kit. You don't know what you could, you know, bump into, what kind of scrapes or cuts you could get while you're trying to make your moves. So just some basic things like antiseptic wipes and ointments, some gauze, maybe some medical tape. If you want to do like those little travel packets of like Tylenol or ibuprofen, um, gloves, I'd recommend some sunscreen. And then if you like really want to get serious, you can get like one of these little tourniquets and like some medical scissors and, and kind of the cloth bandages as well. Mm. Um, just to kind of add, you can, you can like tape a sprained ankle with that, those bandages or mm-hmm. something like that if you really needed to, to um, have, you know, treat something more serious. I think um, as I'm trying to like ride that line of, you know, I can overpack, as I said, but like I hold on to old medication. <laughs> Like, you know, a little hydrocodone from a wisdom tooth surgery here, a little antibiotic from the time I got a little bug in Mexico there. And, you know, just in case, like, yes, it might not be as effective, but if it's if it's like if we're thinking worst case scenario. um, And honestly, I think some of the things that we didn't think were worst case scenario kind of became worst case scenario in the past like year, two years to where you might not be able to get into the pharmacy Mm -hmm. if you need an antibiotic or if you need like a stronger painkiller or if you need something because like you need like a strong anti-diarrheal or something. And so, yeah, I think um, there is an urge sometimes to like throw away all of your old medication, but you know, just kind of like make sure you're monitoring it, put it in a safe place if you have small children. But I tend to hold on to antibiotics and stuff like that for for moments like this. I used to Mm -hmm. think about times like this to rhyme like that. No, I think, I think to your point though, like we saw with COVID where there was like triage and like the hospitals were full of COVID, of COVID patients and they're, wasn't really room for any other type of medical ailments to be treated in a lot of cases. And so, you know, you may have to turn into your own nurse at the crib. So, you know, bugging in or bugging out, you want to have that that first aid kit. That was something that we, I don't think that we fathomed living in a first world country, especially people who live in urban centers, right? That, no, I've been really safe and I don't have COVID but I got into a car accident and they didn't have a hospital to take me to, you know, mm-hmm. um, that was wild. And I think I guess the silver lining, I guess, of that is that a lot of people became a lot more resilient just in case we needed to be. Yeah, for sure. Navigation. We're going to take it back to uh, 98. You need a map. Okay. MapQuest probably ain't even going to cut it. You're not probably going to be able to print your directions (laughs) like we used to back in the day. You need a map, maybe an atlas, you know, where you had the the road atlas joints. Yes. Where you had the squares and you had to like, you'd be like, oh, I'm trying to get to Chuck E. Cheese over there. And it's like G7. And you had to be like, okay, like link it up. Can you believe? We've come a long way. (sighs) Oh. 
I I think this is <laughs> the map, though. I think it is really important because if it is truly a, a shit hits the fan situation, Google Maps, like we don't know where the si- satellites are going to be. We don't know if your phone's going to have access to that. Is the internet even available to anyone? Um, so that probably isn't going to work on your phone. Also, if it is like a really cray cray situation, the major highways are probably going to be blocked. So now you got to use the back roads and you have to find those. And so you need to, you know, spend some time, you know, getting your bearings. I think also like part of convenience of things like Google Maps is that like people probably don't even know their way around a map. Exactly. And and also with the map and when, one of the things you kind of have to do, which kind of sucks, is that you need to make sure your map's pretty up to date. And so, you know, you, you create your bug out bag and haven't looked at it in five years, like the routes in that map you bought five years ago may not be the same. So you need to kind of regularly make sure your your map is up to date. Mm. It's probably the prepper community that are single-handedly keeping roadmaps <laughs> in business, <laughs> like paper roadmaps. You can get them on Amazon. I don't know if 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 again like you, to your point if that's the audience but yeah let me tell you they are this close to giving you a downloadable file so you can take your ass to kinkos <laughs> they're like we're not doing it anymore you can go print it out yourself yeah laminated with like that coil binding mhm y'all make it so sick of me right now <laughs> <laughs> um and a compass you know, get back into your scouting days. You know, you probably need that to go with your map. So you you need a compass to make sure you're going in the right direction. Um, just get used to walking around with it around your neighborhood to make sure you know how to use it. Um, and even if you're like not, I mean, compasses can't be that expensive, right? No, nah, I mean, there's some really nice ones out there for sure that you can, you know, splurge on, but you can get a basic one pretty. Yeah, I remember like making them in like seventh grade. Yeah. I wonder if they even do that with the kids now. Nah. They're like, miss, I got it on my phone. Why I even need to do this, miss? Um, But yeah, I mean, but you can also practice with the one on your phone, too, yeah. before you buy your fancy schmancy compass. Um, I know uh, some of the prepping folks on the message boards and stuff will say, like, get a GPS as well. I don't know. I mean, I'm not familiar with like the GPS technology and if, like, it can withstand certain shtf scenarios right mm-hmm. like like you said we don't know where the satellites are going to be if you have the extra money and you want to get a gps go for it but like i'm like mapping compass yeah like work. a tom tom yeah <sighs> those things became so like obsolete so quickly so fast <laughs> <laughs> like the ones in our car yeah. are obsolete they're terrible they don't know where anything is <laughs> um all right so moving on uh, tools i mean there's a ton of different tools that you know you can decide on if you want to have in your in your bug out bag. Like I said at the beginning, you know, every bug out bag is going to look a little bit different. A few tools that come to mind for me, having a multi-tool, so something that kind of has just like a screwdriver head on it, um a pocket knife on it, maybe like the little like plier heads on it as well. Um you know, just like a, something that has multiple functions on it. You know, it it's lightweight, doesn't take a lot of space and has multiple different um, purposes uh utensils so they have these kind of great foldable steel utensil combos like a fork and a spoon and a knife all kind of in one little thing similar to like the multi-tool that could be great for eating on the go uh, a hatchet or a knife like a bigger knife um, where you can you know use it to 
to get firewood or to cut rope or even if you needed to use it for self-defense against wildlife or hostile people. Um, a mini shovel. So if you're out there in the wilderness <laughs> and, you know, shit is about to hit your draws as they... <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> no, nah, if, you, if you got to poop... <laughs> If you got to poop and you're out in the wilderness, um, it's a good idea to have a shovel to help to like dig a latrine uh, or poop pit, whatever you want to call it, um, <laughs> to, to be able to do your business. So that's okay. another good tool. Okay. Last but not least. <laughs> last but not least, I don't want folks to forget about the toothbrush as a tool. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the last thing you want to deal with when, you know, things are going sideways and you're trying to bug out, you don't want to have to deal with no dental issues. So having a toothbrush, maybe some floss to be able to keep your hygiene, your dental hygiene on on point, it's worth making sure you have it in your bag. Mm-hmm. Before you all think that Mick is going to have you out here with a toothbrush, but otherwise musty. <laughs> Compact disposable towels. <laughs> you think... <laughs> Why I got to be the one keeping people musty? <laughs> you talking about hygiene. You ain't saying nothing about hitting them spots, getting you some deodorant. But deodorant is just another thing. Everybody's bug out bag will look different. I know because can I have moisturizer in my bug out bag? You know where your bug out bag is. I'm not stopping you from putting stuff in it. Okay. Yes. You wouldn't stop me from putting it in there. But I don't want to hear nothing be like, oh, baby, my skin a little dry. Can I have some of your moisturizer? I'm like, shit didn't hit the pan. You should brush your arm. <laughs> Where's your shea butter? I'm good. <laughs> and ashy. Um, but no, there's this there's this uh product called Easy Towels. And when you look at it, do y'all remember as kids and they would have like those little um dinosaur sponges and you put some water on them and then they would like expand that's basically what these what these are they look almost like um dishwasher pods um and you put a little water on them and it expands and then you you know you can give yourself a little a little a little wipe off a little whole bath as they say and they're great for like toilet paper yes yes you know a little wet wipe situation are they biodegradable Yes. Okay. Cool. Because, you know, shit hit the fan, but we still need to do our part. <laughs> Captain Planet would be disappointed. Um, Miscellaneous items to wrap it up. We talked about antibiotics, et cetera, um, but other prescription drugs, like things that like you need to live, um, which I think is like the trickiest and probably like the thing that really gives me anxiety for people is like people are on medication like daily medication and so like having that and having access to that if you can get like an extra supply of it that would be amazing of course living in america we don't know if your insurance is going to pay for it so there's that um you know because they'll like space your stuff out but like having having like a backup supply an extra month supply would be amazing for your preparations important documents so think like your license, your passport, um, birth certificate. Yeah, I mean, you might need that. Um, you know, I don't know. What else would you need if you were like really leaving? Maybe your social security card. Maybe I mean, assuming the government's still in 
Or depending on how your life was going, leave all that behind and start over, baby. <laughs> okay. Fake your death. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Gone, girl. Also, last but not least. Oh, actually, no, I have another thing. But um, Go Girl for the ladies. It is a device that will help you stand up when you pee. So, I mean, I think that could be useful on the go, especially like you might not want to be in a vulnerable situation, um, crouch down. So you might want to look into that. Also, an extra pair of drawers. Always handy. We didn't even really talk about like feminine products though, right? Wouldn't you want to have something like that? <sighs> There's a lot. There's a lot there. Um, I actually can talk about this. Um, You know, disposable products are, that can be tricky. You know, it's like, yeah, they're single use and they they can be lightweight, but you also don't know like how long you'll be gone. Um, Some people like what's called a menstrual cup, um, which I think could be tricky if we're thinking about like you're in, out, in an outdoor bugging out situation. Um, there's also period panties that are like these special underwear that can absorb menstrual blood or you know, like any other type of um, cervical fluid. And those are really cool because you can like rinse them out um, and like wash them, of course. But like, I think like on the go, you might just have to like rinse and dry and reuse. And so like they're reusable so they can be um, reused, which would be really handy if you're trying to be lightweight. It's also extremely sustainable, um, but they can be pricey. Like you're looking at like, if you really wanted to, to like set yourself up for like a full cycle Thinks is probably going to run you like 300 T H I N X that brand. Um, Thinks is probably going to run you about 300, 350, like even with the deals, like to get like a set of underwear for your, for your period. They got a Black Friday deal or something? You know, that's a good point because I might look into that. Um, (laughs) But also like ladies that are pregnant, um, it's like also good for like, you know, get a little juicy down there when you're pregnant and then (laughs) if we're really getting into it but then also postpartum like postpartum bleeding they're really great for that too and it it gives you that feeling like of like feeling like you're in underwear I think people like freak out about like just like bleeding into their underwear but it gives you the feeling of like being in underwear but it really does like wick away moisture without that feeling of like wearing a pad really so if we're gonna get into feminine products, that's what you. I mean, all right. I, that's I, what you gotta I, know. I, I opened the door. I guess you know. You showed sure in, and all I right. kicked that thing wide open like the Kool Aid Man. Except it's not Kool Aid. <laughs> <laughs> so to kind of wrap things up, I'm sure there are other items that you know preppers that listen to this episode will say, "Oh, you didn't talk about this. You didn't talk about that." Um, but as I said in the beginning. You know, each bag should be tailored to the individual. So you may want to include things like walkie talkies if you wanted to have some sort of communication with like other folks in your your group if you needed to split up Um, or gun ammo, uh, which is something I I actually have in my in my bag. Um, You know, I, I think those could be lower priority for someone, particularly if you're like just starting out mm-hmm. and you want to just have something very basic. 
Yes. So I really wanted to for this episode, because I know it was a lot and you're like, where do I even start? Like with anything, anything, you're just like, oh, my gosh, there's so much that I have to buy. Um, I wanted to start out with like a very, very basic bug out bag. And this is a great one that you can keep in the car or you can keep in the house. You can also duplicate it, have one in the car and one in the house. Um, It's simplified enough that some people would actually technically call this a get home bag. Like it has just enough to get you home, hopefully to where you have more things prepped and more resources and supplies. So very quickly in like a small backpack, an emergency blanket first aid kit, emergency water rations, which we talked about in our water episode, a flashlight, um, a solar cell phone charger, which you should, like, I guess it, it can be tricky. Like if it's at night and it's not charged, you're kind of SOL. So maybe an extra battery pack would also be nice in, in making sure that you're keeping that charged regularly. Um, And yeah, that's it. Like that's very short and sweet. And I feel like that's like a nice handful of things that you can quickly buy on Amazon and like get this into your house ASAP. If you wanted to add a little bit more, especially for your car, I'd probably put a map in there, um, masks, like an extra couple of masks, N95 masks, and then some food rations. So that's always fantastic. My also like number one tip that I especially give to the ladies because I was the queen of driving around in four inch heels um, or I'd take I well, I would take one heel off and drive barefoot. Um, and like my mom and Mick would be like, well, what if, what if your car broke down and you had to walk? And I was like, well, I'm about to walk in these four inch heels. No. <laughs> um, so I started keeping like a spare pair of sneakers in my car. And then always, you know, in Texas, we don't really have like real coats. I call them door to door jackets. Like you're really like driving, pulling up, walking in a door. And so I keep, I tend to keep like a long coat in the car. So just in case, you know, something happens and there was like a cold freeze or something, there's something in the car to keep me warm. The emergency blanket would also, of course, be great for that. So that is my super, super duper basic, basic bug out bag. I think I'm also going to call it the chicken tenders with a Sprite basic bug out bag. So I think Jen's basic bug out bag is a great idea. If you're just starting out, take those steps and you'll be definitely well ahead of a lot of other folks. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a great idea. Thank you for that. Um, Yeah, and I think we can go ahead and wrap things up. Okay. As always, if you have a question, please email us at shockersandshotguns at gmail.com. You can also find us on Instagram and YouTube. You can check out our website, shockersandshotguns.com. We have some amazing merch on there. Amazing stuff. Like, we test out everything and, like, we're loving the stuff that we, that we have in the merch store. So definitely check that out. And finally, if you're loving the show, please subscribe and give us five stars. Thanks, guys. Namaste. Namaste.